Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. On the job interview experience, I share my experience as a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, and director of talent acquisition. Today, Arthur Gopak is bringing data with him. A survey of over 2,000 HR managers and directors across the US and Europe. What's the finding? We'll get to that, but the question was, what are the most important qualities they look for in job candidates? And you'll wanna hear it. Plus, Arthur shares extracurricular opportunities as a new way to get hired and more. Arthur Gopak is the CEO and Editor-in-Chief at Alpha Gamma, or AG, a business portal for young professionals. By informing and inspiring young people to succeed in their careers, his Amsterdam-based company reaches over 4 million people monthly. His team has been working with organizations such as Vodafone, IE Business School, and more. Named one of the top 20 most promising Dutch companies. The Council of Europe named AG as one of the 25 best social ventures in Eurasia. Well, Corporate Vision Magazine awarded the company the Media Innovator of the Year title. Arthur, thanks for joining us on the job interview experience. Thanks for having me, Matthew. I'm excited to be here. Can you give us a brief overview of your career and what led you to where you are today? Prior to starting Alpha Gamma, I was a full-time student. I was looking for opportunities to eventually start my career. And I was, of what I was doing, I was looking at the job descriptions and job board descriptions at the time. So it was about 15 years ago or so. So LinkedIn was not as widespread as it is today. I was looking at the different billboards and newspapers and I was sending my CVs and I never got a call back. I eventually realized that it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be rocket science to discover such opportunities. And to me, it was puzzling. How come in the 21st century, we're still doing, we're still applying for jobs as if we're in 1950s. Eventually, I realized that that those opportunities that I really wanted, they were always outside of my immediate, say, social circle, my immediate surroundings, the, the school, the and the activities I was involved at that school. And I was always looking for other ways. And that was exactly the moment when I, when I discovered different competitions, different networking events, awards, and I just started applying there. 
And I started getting getting attention and getting responses there. I was invited to different events and I was presenting eventually my work, my, say, my expertise, because I was already a student, I already had certain ideas on certain topics. And eventually, yeah, I realized that there are more and more opportunities like this. And by opportunities, I mean competitions, job tears, awards, online case challenges. So all, all the different ways how you can maybe solve a different companies' problem and you could present your solution in a creative way. But while you're doing that, you really have to, you have to show your expertise in that particular field. So by joining those opportunities, I was able to actually got the, get the job offers. And after I did this, I realized that like, how come other people are not doing that? And that this is exactly how the idea of Alpha Gamma came about to help more individuals to discover opportunities that are otherwise might not just be out of their reach, but they might not even imagine that these opportunities exist. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know, right? Exactly. I'm excited to dig into that a little bit more later on, but first I want to ask, what was the reason behind your survey of the 2000 HR professionals and what did you find? We were really intrigued. What is it that a modern recruiter is looking for when recruiting the right candidates? And at the same time, we really wanted to to see what the landscape is when it comes down to actually finding the best talent, finding the, the most qualified talent, and what the actual qualities are. Because for me, even personally, as a former student and as a young professional, I was personally even curious what is it that recruiters are searching for? And at the same time, we couldn't find a comprehensive study that would give us an answer to these questions. Yeah, if you Google something, something comes up. But then again, the results we got, they were not, say, they, didn't, they never gave up, gave us uh, a complete picture and never answered the question, what is it that specifically young professionals need to have in order to be attractive in the eyes of, of recruiters? So we decided to conduct our own survey, reach out to uh, to recruiters on both sides of the Atlantic, by the way, in the US, like North America and Europe. And yeah, so surprisingly, we didn't see much of a difference. But uh, I'll probably get into it like in, in your next question when we'll be discussing uh, some of the insights. But the eventually, yeah, like it's pure curiosity, willingness to understand the recruitment industry and also the recruitment needs of companies and to eventually help help young people to stand out while when they're going to be applying for different opportunities. A lot of what you'll find online, I think if you did a search, is what I'd maybe call happy results. Make job seekers feel good, make the company look good, or things that people will click on and read. But that doesn't necessarily lead you to the truth, does it? Exactly. And uh, I would say that, uh, that, as you mentioned, that if you say, if you look up 10 reasons why I should do this. You'll find the content that tell you exactly this. And, and then if you ask the same topic, why I shouldn't do that thing that I just Google, you'll find, find the opposite. So basically you might even find results that are mutually exclusive. You as an individual who is doing his or her own research, you're, you sit there and puzzled. Okay. None of this makes sense. So that was exactly like the situation we got ourselves. We realized where we are, we were at at the time. And so we decided to conduct our own uh, survey and, and make it as unbiased as, pop, as possible and uh, to uh, really have as realistic depiction 
of the current trend as possible. Are there any results that you consistently saw come in, but that surprised you the most? What surprised me the most is that companies, they're not looking for the best candidate. They're looking for the most fitting candidate in their corporate culture. Sometimes even the most qualified people, they might not get into a particular organization simply because every single company is like a, a distinct organism, if you will. When you become part of it, you, have, you need to have certain features as a candidate. And if you don't, then you might become an outsider within, the, within that organization. And you might eventually realize that you're not a good fit for the company. They, don't, they want to get rid of this mistake and as quickly as possible and as at the lower cost as possible, if not even no cost. And to me, that was probably the most surprising fact that organizations are looking for the best fitting candidate. But in our impression, at least when I was going to business schools, uh, I, I got my, both of my bachelor and master's degrees. I was always told it's about being, having the best expertise, right? So being the most competent person, but sometimes competence is not enough. So you need to look at other aspects like soft skills, presentation skills, such as communication skills, the way how you even uh, fill out your CV, how you present yourself uh, on paper. So all these uh, little, little nuances, I mean, they're not th that little, but these nuances are never taught within a classroom. Very rare when, when universities teach that. And another thing is that aspects like how you communicate, how do you uh, get along with other individuals? Are you a team player? Are you able to, to function without much supervision or do you need be guided uh, throughout uh, the tasks? So all these elements, they play a role in determining if you're a good fit for a specific, say, company or not. So for me, I would say, yeah, that was the biggest, say, revelation. I was always under the impression that companies were looking for the most competent candidate. That was exactly what we were taught at, at the career courses at business schools, that you need to possess the hard skills first, and then the companies would immediately want to have you. So for the competence, everything else is, is secondary. So now we actually see that maybe the soft skills might come as it's actually first priority criteria nowadays. Job seekers and applicants tend to be a bit uptight during their interviews, which can be good. It can be a way to protect yourself from being too casual, too relaxed. But from what you're saying, it, it might be in a candidate's best interest to let their personality shine through just a little bit more in the interview, yeah. a little bit more on their resume, because that cultural fit weighs so much on whether a company thinks that person will fit in and thrive within their culture. But if they don't get any personality, during your interview, you're just your resume, right? You're just giving data without much of what makes you. It sounds like that could hurt a candidate to be too upside. I would agree with that. I mean, there are always the limits of politeness. And also you need to know how to communicate like your feedback or your disagreements, because I mean, of course you can be direct and that will be truthful. But at the same time, I think it's important to be wary of how the recruiters might perceive that. And of course, it's important to be authentic, but at the same time, package, package the, the delivery, right? So what you actually think and what you feel, you have to find the right words to express that. But at the same time, to me, being authentic means that you're not going to keep things to yourself. So say, if you don't like something about the company, you will not say, oh, I don't like that or this or that person, or I don't like this particular, say, 
policy. You would ask, you would, at least I, what I would do, I would ask a question, oh, like, why is that policy in this place? Like, why? So I would go about it in a very different way and, and ask first, what is it that, that made this organization decide for this or that policy in the first place? So I think it's important to, I would say, all like communications, uh, empathy, and openness, I would say these things would, would help you with making the right impression on any company, regardless of your own personality, whether you're an extrovert or introvert. I feel it's important to indeed let your personality shine through those interviews. That balance between being professional and being personable is probably one of the greatest challenge for interviews and nerves and adrenaline just make that even so much harder. But it's good to hear the importance of that. And it just takes practice and that there's things that you want to be delicate with. If you're asked about maybe a past boss and you had a terrible past boss and that's just the truth, during your interview, that's not the part that you want to focus on, right? You want to be exactly. complimentary. And so maybe you feel like you're not being yourself, but you are presenting professionally in that way. And then maybe in those situations, that's the time where you keep it more professional. But then when you're asked maybe about your hobbies or what drove you to get into the field that you're in, that can be a time when you let that personally shine through, talk about the things you love and, and maybe through some research of the company, bring in mm -hmm. things that tie both parties together to help connect those dots between the culture and what you enjoy about the culture. I fully agree with you on this, Matt. And I would say that how to handle this question about the past boss. I mean, how do you handle a question about your past romantic relationships, right? You never say bad things. Instead, you would say what you learned from that. And I feel that it's not really because simply because if you say bad things about another person, like those people would immediately assume that you probably would speak badly about them behind their backs and they'll be right about that. So I feel that in general, it's important to talk about things that you learn, things that you make, that made you a better person, a better professional for that matter, and to that make you better equipped for this current role, for this organization. So I would always stick to what made me, made me a better professional, a better equipped individual. So I would look at those past experiences and reflect on them and then present those, those insights during the interview in case I'm asked about my past experiences. Arthur, it's funny that you brought up, say, on a date or in a romantic relationship. I have two episodes comparing job interviews to first dates and just how on, say, a first date, if you talk about your ex the whole time, it's not going <laughs> to go well. And during your first interview, if you talk badly about the last company the whole time, that's also not going to go well. You want to talk about the future Thanks, of your date of you two together and the positivity there or the future with the employer, sometimes you really almost have to lie. If you're asked about a boss and say you had a terrible boss, you can't focus on that. It, it's just, it yeah. hurts you. So what I like exactly. to say is tr tr try and look at the negative aspects of your past company or maybe past boss or manager. Look at that and speak about that through the same lens that you hope this company will look at you during your interview, which is only focus on the good things, right? And try not to focus on the small things that maybe made it an imperfect boss or company. Just as they'll see, say, during your interview, they'll see that you're nervous, but you hope that they look past that and focus on your skills, your personality. So for listeners, tying this all together, say when you talk about a boss, Look at the positives and only speak about those because if you don't, it only hurts you. It doesn't hurt your past boss. It doesn't affect the company beyond the way that they see you, but it can only help you if you choose to see the good in that situation or at least only speak about that. Arthur, as far as this survey, 
is there any other data or results that you think listeners could benefit from or would want to hear about? Oh, for sure. Okay, so do you want to hear what's the number one aspect, the number one thing that recruiters are looking for in their candidates? Yes, please. It's motivation, actually. It's nothing else. It's not the hard skills. It's not the, the personality. It's not the communication skills. It's actually the motivation. It's the number one reason why one candidate is being preferred over the other. And to give you an example, that when it comes down to motivation, say, and we see this also ourselves, like since I run Alpha Gamma as a business, we also have to recruit colleagues. And by motivation, we see that and we mean that individuals who are applying, like would they express the reasons why they're applying to join your organization? And there's a stark difference when, say, an individual just sends a resume with a cover letter to you, right? And you could tell the same person sent the same files to like hundreds of other organizations. And then there is a candidate who actually really went to far lengths to learn about your organization, about your, like say, keynote presentation that you delivered the other day, about the strategy that uh, your organization has. And then that person even mentioned what she or he would, would actually do differently about the strategic approach or a new product or how they would even change or improve the current product or service. Just the mention of that, that immediately uh, gets the attention of, uh, of a recruiter. And by the way, not just of a recruiter, but of a business owner and an investor in any organization. So once you see a candidate like this, for us, that's an immediate sign that we should at least have a conversation with that person. And that's exactly how recruiters also think. Like they're looking at the intrinsic motivation, like why a particular candidate wants to join them. And that genuine motivation shows. So if a person really is, say, passionate about the industry, so that person will be talking completely different compared to a person who's just looking for a stable paycheck. The, the motivations and as a result, the cover letters will be so different that, uh, I mean, for a recruiter, it's a no-brainer who they're going to eventually pick for the next round. So and this is the number one reason and one of the factors that recruiters look at the most. I would say the takeaway from this is to really think about the reason why you really want to join a company. So, and if it's just to apply to get just a salary remuneration package, and that's it, and there's nothing else, then maybe this is actually a filter for yourself that this is not a good company for you to join. For listeners, a couple ideas on what Arthur's saying. Consider for the next month or two going for quality instead of quantity for your job search because it, it, this is going to take more time. Mm -hmm. Before you apply, look up the CEO or a leader at the company. See if you can find, say, a YouTube video of them speaking or an interview in a local business journal or if it's a large company, an article in any type of magazine and read through it, try and understand them, but pull a quote from that, pull their vision and put that in your cover letter. And you can even say, after watching this speech by so-and-so or reading this article, my motivation to work here or my interest in joining your mission increased strongly and I wanted to let you know why. But that motivation to do that and then also being engaged enough to take the time and invested, any company that sees something like that Arthur said, you're going to stand out to them. In some ways, you're more invested than they are already, but also in some of the things Arthur shared about sharing ideas about how to improve the industry or the company, 
the idea that you're already working for them, you're already helping them before you join the team. You're not going to write a 20 page paper, but if you're already helping them, you're already sharing ideas. At that point, you're almost already working there and helping them. As a candidate, that's a much better place to be than a passive applicant that's applied to the same hundred jobs in a day and barely knows what companies they applied for. That, that's great advice. That summary uh, that you made, uh, Matt, kind of ties uh, really nicely into uh, the reason why we actually feature opportunities at Alpha Gamma, because there are other ways and actually companies realize that finding such motiva motivated candidates through job boards is an incredibly hard task. And I can tell because I used to work in corporate world as well. And I was also taking the managerial roles and I had to recruit people for my department. And I remember we also made just... Let, let me share this personal experience that we actually were looking for candidates to join our research department at uh, our investment bank. And we actually made a nice description of the roles that we're recruiting for, and we shared them on job boards. Yes, we got hundreds of applications. And uh, do you want to guess how many interviews we eventually arranged? I'd say two to three. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it was exactly like we actually only invited one person and that person was not a good fit. So we eventually didn't hire anyone from that number of applicants. And eventually what we did differently was we actually organized a competition, like a student competition. And uh, what we what we did was that we had several stages of the competition. The first stage was that you had to form a team of three persons and then you had to solve a case study. And in the case study, we ask a couple of questions like what they would do differently in one of our day-to-day -day tasks, right? So like how they would promote this product or what they would improve in our current product, for instance. And that exercise, so eventually we got, I'll tell you, we got about 72 teams. So like more than 210 candidates. And do you want to know how many job offers we actually made? How many? It's like 100. So 100 people made, got job offers from us. Incredible exercise for us because we got so many motivated colleagues who joined us. And also the quality of the work, the quality of the submission, like that was unparalleled. So we actually, we actually had to look, okay, where else, in what other departments we could get those candidates in? It was now 11 years ago. So now we see more and more organizations actually see the value of recruiting candidates through events like this, like through competitions or through case challenges, through like hackathons. So there are many ways how organizations recruit motivated candidates nowadays. And I mean, and the fact that Alpha Gamma exists and keep, keeps on going strong just speaks volumes to that trend. This is actually an opportunity for saying if a person is shy and say, might not immediately reach out to the CEO, or some, sometimes it's impossible to reach the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. But regardless, you can join events like this and eventually be noticed this way. The good thing is that there are more and more events like this happening every day. I love that idea. And from an outside perspective, I would imagine some of the candidates there, when they were told the details, these events probably were frustrated because it's more work. Just make me an offer, give me another interview. Yeah. What they don't understand is it probably was an incredible time investment from Alpha Gamma to put this together. You're investing more than most companies to try and let the best candidate shine through as opposed to just the typical two, three, four interviews and then make a decision. 
maybe some candidates don't like it and they wouldn't be the right candidate for the job, but the ones that realize the effort you're putting in beyond the usual process, I'm, I'm sure they appreciate that as well. It just shows your investment in, in finding the right people and making sure they have a good home. Yeah, Matt, I agree with you 100%. And I, I feel that I would say also this, that if, say, the role or the company doesn't make a candidate excited, then this should act as a sign that this is not the right role. This is not the, the right place to grow professionally. And I assume that if listeners are following us so far, that that the listeners are interested in eventually succeeding in their careers, not just to land whatever job they want, but get a fulfilling, exciting role that would make them better as professionals and as persons in general. So, and I feel that in order to find those, you have to make an extra effort. Opportunities are out there. You have to make an effort as well to step up and be noticed, be known. Speaking of being noticed, I'm excited to hear your take on extracurricular activities. How do you think that can lead to job opportunities for job seekers? <laughs> I can share just my personal story. So at the age of 13, uh, I was the editor-in-chief of uh, school's newspaper. So my school had its own newspaper. And so at the time I was doing it because I just loved it. So it was a newspaper that was cir circulating within our school. So it was a completely extracurricular activity. It took me like two years until the principal of the school called me and told me about a, an opportunity that uh, the largest national newspaper in my country announced a competition that they're looking for the best journalists, for the best like young talent. And at the time, I mean, I couldn't care less about the opportunities, uh, right? So I didn't know much about the life that's, that was happening outside of the school. But I thought, okay, let's just submit an entry to that opportunity. I eventually did and fast forward, like the selection process, etc. I was eventually invited to do a probation period at the largest newspaper. I would be lying if I would say it wasn't challenging. I wasn't an outgoing, outspoken person that I am today. At the time, you would probably not recognize me at all because I was shy. I would say I was more on the introvert side. I like to be behind the scenes. That opportunity allowed me to really step outside of my comfort zone. The, the second task, it was my second day of that probation period of the newspaper. I had to interview the prime minister. And what the editor-in-chief of that newspaper told me that without the material, if I don't get an opportunity to interview the prime minister, I, I, could, I could quit. I wasn't welcome there anymore. But I, I took it as a challenge and I still managed to get the interview. I was working on that interview the whole day, but I eventually got the material. And so fast forward, uh, and by the way, at the time I was 15 when I did this. And that fast forward, I realized that experience actually led me to meeting a lot of people who actually are entrepreneurs, sports people, musicians, people from different walks of life. And that experience taught me the value of communication, the importance of communication, and that when you are actually talking to people and you have to, say, create the content for your newspaper, you have to talk with, diff with very different people, people who don't like you, but you still have to get the info out of them. <laughs> and, or say some people who are not the talkative types, but you still have to know how to run a conversation with them. And so that, that experience opened lots of doors for me. At that time, I realized the value of network. And eventually the opportunities that led, so now at that time we didn't have LinkedIn, right? So there was no way to keep your connections centralized, but now that changed. So basically, whenever you meet people at extracurricular events nowadays, 
make it an extra effort to connect with them because you never know what kind of opportunities will eventually open up to you. And the opportunities to work at companies eventually were presented thanks to the network that I've built over the years. So two sources of opportunities. One, extracurricular events, and two, my personal network. And actually, there was this amazing book that I actually encourage anyone to read. It's called My Network is My Net Worth. And I really love it. I love this book. I can recommend it to all the listeners. I'll put a link to it in the episode description. That would be perfect. I would say that book actually just confirms what I've also said. So it's a completely different person from a com completely different part of the world, but had a similar experience of how important it is to start building the network, going out there, being seen, being recognized for your expertise, uh, and in general, just be seen, just to show up. And eventually, once you have the large enough network, then these efforts will start paying off dividends. You'll never know when opportunities, exciting opportunities would present themselves. So I would say it's a critical to be open for that to happen. I'm impressed with how motivated you were, even at age 15. 15. Your, stor <laughs> your story is a testament at 15, how going the extra mile can create so many opportunities. And going the extra mile is very hard. That's why it's the extra mile. But doing that creates opportunities that would never have existed before. And I think that's powerful for job seekers. And some of it's short term and some of it's long term. But making that choice, as from your story, has, I'm sure, made a big impact on your formative years of your career and even parts of what led you to where you are today. I'm going to link to Alpha Gamma in this episode's description. When listeners click on that, what resources are they going to find to help them with their job search? Once you go to Alpha Gamma, you'll have one of the tabs we have is opportunities. And there they'll be able to find lots of international opportunities where they could apply and eventually find different either career fairs or competitions or case challenges. Pretty much all the opportunities that could help them with either starting a career or maybe accelerating their current careers or if they want to switch careers already, they'll be able to do so um, through Alpha Gamma as well. And to keep track of also all the opportunities, we also have a newsletter, so it's gonna, you, you can't miss it. So it's gonna be on the main page as well. And it's underneath all the articles we have. I encourage all the listeners to check it out, follow us to stay inspired and informed about the life-changing opportunities that are out there. Yeah. I would encourage listeners to follow that link or do a internet search for Alpha Gamma as well. That's what, part of the reason I wanted to have Arthur on the podcast is to bring him here to get exposure to what <laughs> he's doing and really open the eyes of job seekers to what you can do beyond just quickly applying for jobs. And really thinking outside of the box opens those doors that never would have been there before. Are there any other links we should include or any other ways that folks should connect with you and Alpha Gamma? We also have our own mobile app. It's called opportunityfeed.com. We're available on Google Play and App Store and on all mobile devices. So we actually feature different opportunities there as well. While Alpha Gamma might be more interesting for those who have interest in business and entrepreneurship and in finance, investments, or in general, in career development, say individuals who have other backgrounds, maybe they're more interested in healthcare or in architecture or say biotechnology, they'll be able to find more opportunities in our mobile app. So opportunityfeed.com. Thank you so much for joining us, for sharing 
the results of your thorough study and then also how those results can help us as we apply for jobs interview and try and make an impression. Do you have any parting thoughts for us before we end the interview? When looking for opportunities, remain authentic, be open and interact with other individuals from outside of your current network. Basically expand your network and you will discover lots of opportunities that you have never seen before. I hope you'll come back and we can dig into some of these findings and your insights a little bit more. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Matt, thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes. Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.